Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Okay, welcome back to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I've taken a few weeks break because I've been away in Nepal in the UK, but I am back. I arrived like the night before last, and I'm excited to have my first guest for a while. Kerry, I haven't spoken to anybody in an interview format for a couple of weeks now because of the lead up to the trip and getting it all scheduled was challenging, but I think your story is one that I'm excited to get out into the sphere pretty quickly. Um, for listeners, Kerry and I have met through a mastermind wherein her empire builded together with Tina Tower, uh, which is an online course creators program. And we've both been in that container for a while. And I'd asked if anyone has positive divorce stories. And Kerry came back saying she'd be very willing to share hers. So we will get into that in a moment. Before we do that, Kerry, why don't you talk to us about what is your online program? What do you do for a living? Because I love what you do. Are you okay if you introduce yourself? I totally am. So thank you so much for having me, Becca. I am a kinesiologist and a Reiki master. I've also studied positive psychology and I'm currently studying NLP. And so I work with my clients around the world over Zoom and have done that for many years, well before COVID. I went fully online in 2014. And that actually does relate to my divorce story. And So I also teach some online programs. So my primary program is called Align and Attract, and that's for practitioners and coaches and healers who would like to learn how to release their own blocks and to align to their goals. And my most recent program is called Intuitive, where I teach people how to tap into their own wisdom and to be able to use their intuition to solve problems, to make decisions and to access more of their creativity. And I live in Adelaide. Sorry. to. Oh, you do? Yeah, I live in Adelaide with my beautiful partner and I've got two young children who are six and three. And your children are to your partner, not to your ex-husband, is that right? That's right. Beautiful. Um, I find that when I'm talking to women at the early stages of, I think my marriage is coming to an end, I think it's run its course, but how can I know? So there's a lot of that. Uh, no longer trusting intuition at kind of at the beginning of the decision-making process. So maybe we can, I can tap into your expertise and we could talk about that a little bit, but then it comes again later, which is the, how do I trust myself again once I've made this massive mistake? Now I'm not suggesting that anyone's making a massive mistake when they're choosing to end a marriage, but that's how it can feel. It can feel like, but I chose somebody and decided it was forever and it wasn't, and therefore I can't trust myself to make decisions anymore. So it's really interesting to talk to you about, you know, intuition and trusting ourselves again, because my clients go through that along that spectrum. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk then about your story and then I might ask you some questions about how women can can trust more, trust themselves again more. So you, we were talking earlier and you mentioned that um, you understood that you were going to have to get divorced. So coming back to that intuition piece, you you kind of understood it before it became a reality. Is Am I fair in summarising that way? Maybe you could help me understand that better. Well, what I experienced was that I was becoming increasingly unhappy and things were were becoming increasingly confusing. Mm -hmm. And so increasingly I was feeling like I was in this washing machine and every time I tried to pop my head up to understand what it was that I was dealing with and what it was that was going on, I sort of got pushed back down and back into that washing machine. So it was a very confusing time. So I think for anyone who was, if they were very close to the situation and could see what I was dealing with, they would have said, it's very obvious that this is not going to work, like that this right. relationship is not going to have a future and that you probably will need to divorce this person at some point. But I did not yet know that. I just knew I was in this state of total confusion. Okay. And to your point about the intuition, even though I was an incredibly intuitive person within the realm of my work because I was a kinesiologist at this point, I was having a lot of trouble applying that same intuition to my personal life. And, in fact, I still had this level of optimism whereby I just wanted it to work. Yeah. I wanted yeah. things to turn around and to for this to have been the difficult patch that we then made our way through. So when I would consult my intuition and even do things like tarot and things like that, I would see things I did not want to see. And it was it's so bad that I started actually throwing tarot cards away. I'm like, I am sick of seeing that now. That can go in the bin. <laughs> I am not accepting it. So there was definitely a lot of denial for me, actually. Yeah, wow. How old were you when you first married? I was 33 okay. when we married. And then the marriage lasted only three years. Okay. Um, that's what I was going to ask. How long were you married? And you didn't have children in that marriage, did you? No. Okay. Towards the end, we were certainly trying. And, in fact, right at the end point when things really came to light, we were actually seeing a fertility specialist at okay. that time. So, it was the intention, but I think there was some wisdom that my body held where it was not having a child with this yeah. person. Okay, yeah. that's nice. Um, why don't you tell me then about, tell me about that washing machine. So what was confusing about the marriage? What was it that you were experiencing that made you think, well, this, this isn't right, something's not working well here? There was a lot of money drama and for this person and a lot of drama around his career. So he started to lose. He had a very great, good career when I met him. We were together five years before we married. So it was not mm. a short period. Okay. And after we married, he lost his first job. And then over the next few years, he lost another 
job. And in the final stages, he was in real estate, which is very insecure. Like it's very much based on, you know, you sell Absolutely. And so I, by this stage, had become the breadwinner and I was paying all of the mortgage and the bills in my, you know, business as a kinesiologist, but I just couldn't get any clarity on what exactly was going on. Like, why was this happening? And how could I support, I guess, was the questions I was asking myself. And how could I just get this on track? And a lot of the reason why I was in this washing machine is because a lot of things were being hidden from me, including oh, whether in the bank and all sorts of things. So it was quite deliberate. And then when I would be asking questions or seeking answers, that was me being difficult or argumentative or all of those kind of things. So that was the kind of scenario that I was in. I have shared a little bit about my story through different episodes um, and interviews on other podcasts. My ex-husband, it wasn't until after we divorced that I discovered he'd left us in hundreds of thousands of euro debt. It was like during the marriage, I I don't blame him. So this might be quite different to your scenario in that I reflected and wondered what conditions had I created that we created that he didn't feel brave enough to share with me that he wasn't paying a mortgage for like a year and that, yeah, and that there was a huge amount of debt sitting there. Um, So I understand what it's like when you discover somebody has been dishonest and just the shock of that. How could we have been intimate on so many different levels and yet have this huge amount of secrecy and dishonesty? You said he was hiding things right there. It's horrifying when you, mm. when you learn that. That's right. Well, it, it's a little bit different but similar in that there was just a lot of borrowing that was going on, right. both from banks, which I had assumed would not be possible for him to be able to do, and then just from friends, acquaintances, people here. Wow. People shared with you. Met, pardon? People shared with you the the information. It ended up coming out. Friends started to piece it together after the end and then they pieced it together and figured out how much they believed the sum to be, which was like a million dollars of, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Terrifying. Terrifying. Family, friends, yeah, as I say, acquaintances and just, it was just this web. So, but to your point, like I really didn't take any responsibility I would say now, looking back with deep honesty of any of the financial stuff, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't making those decisions. But as you say, like, was I really willing to listen about what was going on and then tackle that? Well, I would have been so cross that it was happening that I don't think I did create that environment where he could have been really honest at an earlier stage. By the time I read that point. Yeah, yeah. there's two parts to that. Can we create the conditions where somebody can feel that they can share something vulnerable and, you know, expose what must be really, really challenging? But the, the other side of that is, you know, 
they need to be willing to share. <laughs> they need to be willing they to need be willing to share. Yeah, they created the see. conditions. Yeah. That's right. They do need to see it as a problem. And I think it in itself potentially it's become, I don't want to say it, it was an addiction like, you know, as a pathology, but, you know, it was just as a cycle that yeah. the person had developed yeah. and was really hooked into. So as you but said, it wasn't an excessive responsibility either. Yeah, of course. So if it wasn't the financial situation and finding out about that, which if I'm hearing correctly, you only just kind of discovered afterwards, if that wasn't what broke the marriage, what was it that ultimately made you decide uh, this isn't working? I've got to, I've got to do something. There were behavioral things that were coming along with that, and I mean the extent that it developed. I would describe that as financial abuse, and then there was also emotional yeah. abuse as well. So there was that was certainly becoming quite un, untenable, like to be able to manage that. So I think just the level of unhappiness and the level of communication and, yeah, just closeness was was diminishing. There was this lack of trust. So it, there, one way or another, it was going to come to a conclusion at some point. Which I think is kind of beautiful, Kerry, because if you are in a space of financial and emotional abuse, actually a lot of us sit in that cycle for a very long time. Now, you were in a marriage for a relatively short period of time, only three years. So for you to stand up at some point and say, "Mm, the unhappiness here is too much, we're not connecting, we're not communicating, this isn't what I signed up for. And maybe it was because you were a bit more mature, so you you were only in the marriage three years but you were already into your 30s which is beautiful so by then you've taught yourself hopefully to stand up for yourself but I think giving you a lot of credit for not putting up with that for very long that's quite phenomenal I think I was fortunate in that regard like I didn't feel fortunate at the time because I saw the eight years and I was like this is a chunk of my years that I've devoted here but you're right like once we were into the marriage it wasn't a long period of time the financial stuff started to come to light and that was what really drove the end because it was being revealed and I via first of all I had someone knock at the door who handed me a court order um so that was the first piece and then there was fine it disclosed an additional piece and then I found out from family members there was this yeah. large um piece there as well and then I found out from friends so it was like a, a cascade of just like information it was like switching on the lights yeah. and it was and then once those lights were switched on that was that then drove up the behavior as well because right. you know where there is a bit of like secrecy and keeping everyone separate once different people started to understand exactly how this was all coming together as more of a web that's you know that person didn't handle that very well so yeah. it was necessary to leave. so how did you extricate yourself well it I was hearing from family I was speaking to family because it was then revealed to them about what was going on um this person's parents rang my parents to tell them a piece of the story and then they spoke to me 
And so they were soon saying, you're going to have to make a plan to leave. And I had friends saying, wow. we need to make a plan to leave. I was quite frozen, wow. actually, and I could not make a plan. I couldn't think straight. And then it was only that this, you know, I was then sort of, there was just a really heated moment where it was like, okay, I've got to go now. I've got to go now. So I rang a friend and said, can I come now? Wow. Yeah. Kerry. Yeah. So tell me, just thinking about your intuition here, you've got you've got people outside telling you yes. what you don't want to hear, what you what yes. you don't want to see for yourself. Mm. You've got you're you're choosing not to see the messages in the tarot or anywhere else. <laughs> How did the universe just shake you? You know, when did your, I guess, intuition kick in, or was there something internal that finally said, uh, I can't ignore it or was it really just the external stuff and then you had to it was a combination for sure so even though I sound like I had my blinkers completely <laughs> and I want to see it and I did in amongst that I also chose to enroll in a six-month course about increasing your intuition and I chose to do Reiki one and then in quick succession I did Reiki two which is all about opening up your intuition wow. that within weeks you know, of the second training. Just just pause for a moment there. So here you are throwing the tarot away, but also telling the universe, I want my intuition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and look, the tarot had even been earlier, earlier on than that. Right. But I, it was that, it, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will relate to the essence of this, of wanting to know, but yeah. not wanting to know. Yeah. Like as in wanting to have to take the actions yeah. or not even knowing how you could, possibly take action I felt very responsible actually for this person yeah. and you know like he needed me and then I just didn't I didn't know what I would do or how it would work and it was only once I had to yes I went to the friend's house then I stayed in hotels and then I my parents came across to help me and I went back to Adelaide and where I stayed with friends with my family rather my sister and my parents for the coming how many months was it in the end 10 months while I was waiting for the property to sell okay yeah yeah goodness um you, you mentioned outside of this interview as well, which was that you weren't in contact with him. So you mentioned, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here, that he essentially disappeared or mm. went AWOL. What did that look like? So in the 10 months that you've moved to Adelaide, you're staying with family, you're trying to divide assets and presumably, you know, get some distance from the debts that you hadn't created for yourself um and he disappeared is is that what happened so, so what happened was initially there was a tons of contact okay. uh, and, and also there's still I was still actually trying to help this person and there was yeah there was just a lot of uh, backwards and forwards and drama and then this is about to happen and still seeking money from people to so resolve these very um acute money situations that he was dealing with at that point and yeah just very very high drama but it did come with like severely inappropriate behavior and so over time I had to make the decision to cut all contact because boundaries 
I love yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had to really understand and learn about boundaries. I read a very good book at that time, actually, which is probably on my shelf behind me somewhere down there, Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. And I remember reading that other people don't have to like your boundaries. And I just remember how groundbreaking that felt yeah, for me. Yeah. It was so hard for me to hold a boundary that was so difficult for somebody else to accept. You know, it's one thing I could say, please do this or please don't do that. But if the other person didn't says, that's unreasonable. I don't I don't think it's fair that you would do that. Yeah, it's not about like, them. It's about I didn't you. Know what to do? From yeah. there. And it's like you cut them off. That's what you yeah. do. You That's do. Right. It was very new territory for me to be awesome. in. And so over time, and this did take some time. There was a complete cut off. Um, and then uh, when you know I was ready to divorce this person, which was over a year later, 18 months later it might have been, at that point he was not able to, you know, we didn't know where he was. I had a lawyer. They didn't, no one knew how to contact him. Right. He really had disappeared. And, yeah, to this, I mean, even end of last year, this is nine years ago, I was contacted by somebody asking if I knew where he was. Like Wow. And you just genuinely don't, yeah. All right, so let's move on from the the drama and the ugly. Let's move on to the positive bit. So now you're living with your family. You're in your mid-30s thinking, oh, my God, what have I done with my life? And I've just been, you know, had to extricate yourself from this entire situation and develop boundaries and grow up in ways you probably never wanted to. So what happened then? What moved on? So I was living with my family because I had this um, this mortgage. This person was still living in the property for quite some time. I didn't even have my my any of my stuff actually until we were able. He would he left eventually, and then we were able to get my stuff back. And then the house finally, the apartment finally sold, and then I could kind of move on. I didn't have. It wasn't like I took money out of that. I just just got rid of the property basically right, right, and right. um then I was able to get a rental and move in you were starting from scratch so you didn't have from scratch at 37 yeah. and you had to build your business again from scratch as well right because you'd moved cities well this is what I mentioned earlier so this was kind mm-hmm. of like the gift piece is that I was really busy um seeing clients in Melbourne that's where I lived at that time I was completely booked out and I wanted to work with more people online because I had interest from people who were interstate and overseas. But it was tricky because you only got so many hours in a day and as many hours as I had in Melbourne would easily be filled with clients. And yeah. so once I moved to Adelaide, I had to message everyone and say, hi, I'm going to be spending some time in Adelaide. I didn't explain anything. And um, so if you'd like to work with me, you need to be working with me. Online. online and so I transitioned beautiful. yeah and so that was really beautiful I had already been working with a few people like I said but then that became the moment when I transitioned the business and I was working with less people because I had much less capacity because I was going through a huge healing process yeah. and I did travel back to Melbourne every couple of months just to see some clients in person to 
pay the mortgage and to keep that kind of going that way and keep that connection but I then yeah I really moved the business online so that was a very positive thing that I was able to do that and my business did support me through that period and as you can imagine Mm -hmm. I was not able to show up I was not marketing but I had the reputation and I had worked with so many people that that continued and was really awesome and I love that you called that a gift um I talk to people quite a lot a lot when they're ready it's often not at the beginning of of the proceedings but it's um sometimes a gift can come wrapped in a lot of poop but there's usually a gift there, you know, and, and you've got to get through all of the stuff around it. Just go, oh, that's what I was here to get out of this. Or that's yeah. um, the gift or or a lesson or learning. There's there's usually something pretty wonderful that will come out of something quite awful. There were so many gifts through that period. One of the things I found hardest was like, here I am, I'm nearly 37 and now I'm 37. I'm living with my parents. This sucks. And I can't move on because this property won't sell. Hmm. That was one of the hardest things that I had to deal with. But again, there was the gift in that. I couldn't move on. So I couldn't recreate something in the same way I might have, or I couldn't just keep going. I just had to sit in this and grieve grieve and just be with this. And I think that then enabled me to create my life from a more stable secure place when I was able to finally move forwards rather than from a reactive place yeah. trying to prove to myself that I could get on with it and I could make my life great but you know how you can just then drive yourself potentially even to burnout or just you know that proving energy doesn't really work it doesn't really tend to create what it is that we desire so by the time I moved into my my own place I really just reveled in being in my own space and having this time to do my yoga and to work on my health and to just be this and to make no compromises isn't that the best when you're creating your own space it's so lovely it was just wonderful so I really loved that and then some months later I was part sort of felt a little bit ready to start thinking about dating Dating. yeah and so then I you know I went online and just started to meet people but I had done so much work on myself throughout that healing period where I felt so stuck yeah yeah. I really cleared the decks I did a lot of just really feeling into those emotions I followed a process called quantum healing and just clearing that out and clearing that out and clearing it all out so that I just felt so good so solid in myself and had developed such a strong sense of trust in myself so I genuinely did not fear that I was going to attract a similar kind of situation like I genuinely trusted my yes and my no and I just knew that my tolerance for anything that wasn't right yes was it just wasn't there anymore that ability to just tolerate and to work around and to work with and 
so on. I just didn't have that. And that was another gift of that knowing what you do want and knowing what you don't want. And for me, part of that was just letting things go really quickly. Like, whereas, you know, I might have worked, like I said, worked with things. It was just like, you can meet someone, you can have a lovely coffee with that person, but you know, it's not going to go anywhere. So you don't tell you somewhere you don't waste your time or their time you just move on and move on and move on and there's a lovely expression that if it's not a heck yes then it's a hell no yeah that's right it was exactly that yeah and so you go six months into that I met my now partner and I'm sure many people who have repartnered after marriage might have had the similar kind of experience with this person was nothing like I would have expected you know the x on paper it was all tick 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 and this person it was like he was so much younger than me he was seven years younger than me he was a tradie he was we were just very different people like the simplest analogy that I can give is like me saying to him you know what cafe would you like to go to to have brunch and he's like I have never been for brunch before wow. and like which pub would you like to go to for a chicken sit so and it's like I don't eat chicken. (laughs) 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 On the the surface, so different. And yet, of course, on a values level and that deeper connection was obvious there. And we conceived our son like one year after. Beautiful. Right to the day on Tinder. Wow. Yeah, and interestingly, even though, you know, he seemed to have these differences, and yes, he was a tradie at the time, he had this fledgling business, in inverted commas we'll call it, which is now kind of an empire. So Amazing. That's fabulous. So you've both independently built your businesses, your empire. You've had two children now, so one a year after swiping on you found out you were pregnant a year later or they had the baby a year later? Oh, no, we conceived. That's amazing. Um, and you've now had two babies together. We have. Beautiful. So, yeah. so what would you say that you, we, we spoke about some of the gifts that came out of your divorce, but in what way do you think ending your marriage prepared you for a beautiful relationship now? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that willingness to end something. Like you mentioned earlier, sometimes people, and if this is you, please don't worry because you can still have the beautiful new beginning, but we can let things go on and on and on and on, can't we? But then that willingness just to say it's over is what can then allow that new beginning. And if I hadn't had things come to light so starkly, which I do believe was because I was, by the end, really genuinely saying, I want to see, I want to know what is it, what's going on, or how do I make this actually work? If it hadn't come to light like that, it easily could have just dragged on for years, not been quite so dramatic in that way, but kind of workable enough that you could somehow keep going. 
So you think you were so open to seeing the truth of it that the truth came in the end. So that through. willingness to uh, to end, I think, is a, is what then does allow that new beginning to come through. I think that clarity that I gained on what was so important to me to be able to feel in a relationship, and I mentioned the tick box tick boxes. Mm-hmm. Well, I did have a tick box chart actually when I was looking to meet the new partner but it was more about I feel really safe. Yeah. Um, we can communicate about anything. I feel incredibly adored and I adore that this person, you know, it was much more feelings-based rather than being, you know, like that. Surface more level, yeah. Yes, more yeah. surface level. And so I think that was a total gift as well. And I just think when you've had something really difficult and hard or even traumatic happen in your life, you have to go to those depths within yourself of owning your stuff and understanding who you are and learning about yourself. And that is so powerful in, you know, meeting someone who can then, you know, it just happened to be that this new, my new, new partner, not so new now, but that he'd been through a similar journey, similar, but very different where he really had a lot of clarity about what he did and didn't want. And he says he manifested me like. (laughs) Beautiful. You mentioned owning your stuff. What do you feel about forgiveness? Oh, it's very difficult, but so essential. Agreed. And I think even more than forgiving somebody else or forgiving, you know, the the partner or even if there was a third party that came into the, the marriage, forgiving ourselves and the conditions, you know, we spoke earlier about did I create the conditions required? Well, I needed to forgive the fact that maybe I hadn't. And maybe I didn't behave, you know, the the best version of myself in some of the more challenging times, but I can forgive me for that in that owning my stuff, right, and knowing who we are and being comfortable with that. Totally. I think there are those layers of forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for the things that you overlooked Mm -hmm. and the things you overlooked early that if you hadn't overlooked those, it just never would have developed into the situation that it did or forgiving yourself for yes certain things that you tolerated forgiving yourself for the mistakes that you made Mm -hmm. like you said I think that was definitely really important and I'm sure a lot of people listening might have heard of the technique Hopopono no remind me it's familiar it's an ancient um Hawaiian technique which you can look it up and learn yeah. about it and it involves like recalling a memory and yeah. then revealing that memory and then you say four statements which are I forgive you I love you I'm sorry and thank you thank you yes and I didn't realize that, that was the name of it but I absolutely do use that technique yeah and allowing then that memory to have some resolution noticing it's cleared and then moving on to the next one. And you can do that with dozens of small memories and just continue to clear and clear mm. and the big ones too. Um, some of the big ones I found, you know, I'd have to do a lot more work on that. I, I certainly had a lot of uh 
therapy and saw different practitioners, I had a lot of help to help to clean the decks because I just felt as well. And this comes back to your question about, you know, that how did I create the conditions to create this new situation? It's just deciding I'm so worth it and I deserve it. And after all of this, and this is everyone listening, it's like to what you've been through, whatever it looked like for you, like you deserve the best moving forwards and you deserve to be so happy. I was like, oh, I deserve to be so happy. And how can I help myself to create that? And I was willing to do whatever it took to create that beautiful Kerry um I wanted to ask you about something earlier so now here I am tapping into you as a professional in the intuition space you mentioned um or I've I've written down in my notes anyway I can't remember exactly what you said but uh, my question was around wanting versus knowing right so sometimes we want something really badly or we want it for ourselves even if it's to be happy and then there's the knowing that we will be or trusting that we will be or knowing that we're going to have to get through some stuff before we can get there. So what? Um, what's my question? Mm. What would you say is the real difference between wanting something and knowing something and how do we transition to get more comfortable? This is a great question and it's very interesting because I think when I was in that situation I did I wanted to be happy and I wanted it to work and so I spent time manifesting that and trying to really uh, create that and tap into that and to see it as happening so the wanting can be a real manifesting energy and there is a time and a place for manifesting what it is that you desire the knowing, I believe, is that intuition. And our body knows. Mm. Our body always knows. And so uh, really learning, and this is a this is definitely a part of that intuition, learning how to listen to what it is that your body is telling you and believing what it is telling you. Because despite all of that confusion that I mentioned, like that was all up here. Yeah, absolutely. My body knew that, you know, if I'd really been willing to ask, my body knew that it wasn't right. And sometimes if we really have that willingness to tap into the body and to say, you know, really ask ourselves what's, what is true for me, mm can feel that and noticing how our body is responding. And sometimes, as certainly I did, we can develop, you know, health issues or whether it's digestion or reproductive issues or, you know, just all sorts of different things, which is our body saying, I'm really acutely stressed. Like I think that was one of the things, that acute stress yeah. and the even um, periods of burnout from that wanting versus the knowing so if we want to know I think we can start really small by just actually asking our body like what is it that I'm feeling right now just in in any situation even now like what can I feel in my body now what can I feel in my stomach area what can I feel in my chest what can I feel you know in other parts of my body am I sitting comfortably or standing comfortably like how is it that I actually feel and that helps to develop that sense of knowing and also our trust 
in what it is that we know. So for the listeners, I want you to, there are, there are some listeners I know who are wondering whether it's time to leave the marriage, whether it's time to break. So using this technique then, just having a listen to their body, that's what you would suggest? Let me fill into this because this is a big question. Yeah. And if you are, I think sometimes when we are starting to ask ourselves you know, that question and we keep on asking it and we keep on asking it. Like, should How I will I know? How will I know when, you know, when's the right time? How will I know if I should? That's what I face a lot. Uh, well, I would consider um, uh, looking ahead into one year and just imagining that you are with this person and it's exactly the same and just noticing how that feels in your body. And then imagining it's one year into the future and you've made the decision to leave. And how does that feel in your body? Feel in your body. And then, you know, maybe, or do you, are you still staying because you think that something could change? And so is it that you're going to make the change because you certainly do have control over that? Or is it that you're hoping they are going to change? which, of course, we don't have control over. But if you're wanting to make the change, you could do the same thing a year in advance. How does it feel if I've made this change and, you know, something is different? How does that feel? Because sometimes we think, oh, I just want it to change. And then if you felt still a year ahead, you might be like, still doesn't feel good. Yeah. still happy. That's and there's some good signals in there. That's right. some good signals in there. So playing around with exercises like that and asking your body to tell you and you might think well neither of those feel good or you know I Mm. I think about being by myself and I felt feel terrified well I did feel like that as well but then it's once you're you know once you're in it actually there's so many options and possibilities that open up for you and you know that you can get the support that you need and you can develop those resources and resilience and take on the new so my puppy is crying in the corner so I'm sorry I keep looking over here it's just because she's (laughs) wanting to go outside or something she can wait two more minutes while we wrap up (laughs) just um on that advice, which I think is beautiful, and then just gorgeous techniques, they're really helpful. I'm going to show you my puppy because she's just giving me a little bit of a cry. Here we go. Not not great for a podcast, but here's Paris. Can you stop crying now, please, Paris? Um, she, she, sorry, not she. Um, just thinking of those techniques and thinking about the clients or listeners who are in that beginning phase of wondering whether it's time to leave or whether it's time to stay. I love those techniques that you just shared. What would be different then for women who have come out? They've got they're going through the divorce, whether they like it or not. It's happening. But now they are suffering with that inability to trust themselves to make good decisions. I mentioned this earlier, you know, this is another subset of my um, my clients, which is how can I ever trust myself to date again? I made such a big mistake. I had, you know, how could I promise to be with this person forever and it didn't last? Mm. Would you suggest anything differently? I hope you don't mind me tapping into you as an expert and Oh, I love question. It is, it is perfect. I think that is something that is so worth getting 
support on because you sometimes we don't get the support that we need and then we just wing it and then we just go and recreate that's right something might not be similar even but it's it's not as intentional as it could be and it's not coming from that really secure, stable space within ourselves. So, uh, you know, if that might be through therapy in a particular right. format, it might be through seeing a kinesiologist or someone like that. If you want to develop that trust, one of the things to do is to develop your intuition. So I'm going to have to recommend my course now. Absolutely. And that is what, you know, I guide Um, people to do as they move through the program is how do you learn to listen to your body because we often have developed like a mistrust in that or we haven't checked in and tuned into that in my course intuitive there is a module where we reflect on the past and we look at times that we've had intuition and it's it's all worked out like you've known something it's worked out well what did you feel Mm. how did that Mm. how did you know okay Great. So record some of those examples and journal on that. But then also we look at well, what about those times you when you it. felt something mm-hmm. and you ignored it? Mm-hmm. What did you feel? But what were you telling yourself? So you're kind of taking an inventory and you're going, there is data here and I'm mining this data and I am going to learn from this so that I can actually learn to trust myself moving forwards because historically when I have felt that sensation in my gut, it has been right. Yeah, so you start trusting it. Um, So let's talk about your course uh, you, I know that you launched recently, so you're probably in the course at the moment. How could people get to know more about you, what you teach, and how they could work with you? Yeah. Well, the thing with Intuitive is it is open anytime. It is actually oh, a program, so you can go and have a read through and see how it feels to you. That is at Align and Attract dot com slash intuitive but also a great place to look would be on my podcast so that is align and attract and although a lot of what I talk about on the podcast relates to people who've got businesses I have had multiple episodes in 2023 that have been around intuition and so you can go and find the podcast finds, you know, some of the episodes on intuition. And there are other episodes as well you'll find where I might have done a Reiki healing. So there is, for example, a Reiki healing for low energy or, you know, other things like that, which are more general. They're not related to business. I think the podcast is a really great resource. There's a lot of episodes there that you can through and find what's relevant and then you can get to know me and my style and how beautiful beautiful so I'll put that in the show notes of course align and attract the podcast the website they can find you on socials as well that's also align and attract or is that Uh, I'm at Kerry Rowett okay beautiful I will put those in the show notes Kerry thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story I just think it's so useful that we model and share these stories of heartbreak and divorce and the challenges and yours is quite unique and interesting with the financial abuse as well and how beautifully you took action quickly and also being able to rebuild your life again from Mm -hmm. you know most people 
in their mid-30s who have to move back in with their parents, they they spend a lot of time suffering through that and really having to do the work. And it's beautiful to hear that it took you a relatively short period of time, let's be honest. To it's so ironic, isn't it? To me, right? it felt so long. I bet. Yes. And yet you're exactly right. It's like you can move things and it's if you're in it and you're in that really sticky, awful part, just do all of that work that you possibly can, get all the support that you possibly can and get the most that you can out of that experience, the most amount of learnings because that is what will serve you moving forward. That's right. And you can recreate and create something totally different for yourself. And I can say hand on heart, that is what I have done. And me back then didn't know it was possible, but like I already said, I decided I was worth it and I decided I deserved it and you deserve it too. That's gorgeous. Kerry, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.